This show is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find the other great shows on the network, head over to the Deluxe Edition Network.com. Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the Shit Show 2.0. Okay, Boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who who are obviously mentally ill. You want to be my wife? Oh, this is gonna go downhill real quick. <laughs> What is going on, and welcome to Take on the World Roof. Yay, John Eric! And Mike D. Back again. It has been a long, long time. Long, long time. So now, me and Nathan, uh, we did a podcast last weekend. You did? Yes. We did the history of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Because, and we talked a little bit about his surgery and, and what he's going through mm-hmm. and why we've taken this long break. Um, and I'm just glad to have you sitting back at the table. I know. It's been a, <laughs> it's been a, long, it's been a while. It's, it's been almost two months. Trials and tribulations. Because the the one before he went in the hospital, me and Nathan did together, was the history of Pepsi. Yes. And you, you weren't here for that either. That's funny. That's how you started it. You ended with uh, an American soda product. So um, I, I call that my Where to Come From series. Uh, me and Nathan did uh, phrases where they come from. <clears throat> we did Pepsi. We did Coke. We have a couple more sodas we're gonna do, uh, just because I, there's there's some interesting stuff with the sodas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the John Pemberton who did Coke, who made yeah. Coke, he was a Civil War colonel, and the reason he came up with the idea for Coke is because he got slashed across the chest, almost died, and became a heroin or an opium addict. So weird. That's, so, that's crazy. That, that's how it started. That's yeah. how Coca Cola started. So that was his that was his choice of drink. Well, no, he, what he did was he tried to make a tonic that had cocaine and wine, and then prohibition was welling up in Georgia, so he changed it to uh, the coca, the cocaine, and uh, the cola nut. Oh, okay, and that's the formulation that he came up with, and it was it was a tonic that's supposed. I want that goddamn Frenchy wine in my shit. <laughs> That's it was called French Coca wine. Came with a white flag in it. Yeah, that's what I. Did. <laughs> you should have been here, bro. Uh, yes. It was like ah, I give up. <laughs> so we talked to give up tonic. <laughs> we did. <laughs> it helped him give up opioids. <laughs> he surrendered. So uh, we talked about that. Um, I also <clears throat> I, I talked that we're going to be doing the show we're doing today, and I also have someone coming tomorrow. Oh, that's right. And uh, my buddy Herb is coming tomorrow. Now, his might air before this one. That's just, fine. Just because. Uh, and that's still on? He's still coming. Sweet. Uh, and we're going to do a movie review of the movie Prey. Uh, we normally don't do movie reviews per se. And you said you watched that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to watch it again tonight. Just... Right. Don't tell me anything about it because I want to watch it. Oh, dude, it's on Hulu. You have Hulu? I I think I do. Don't yeah. Don't tell me what I get my log on. Yeah, because I, I I signed up years ago to get one show. Well, see, that's what happened with us. And I don't think I ever deleted it. Nathan brought up a movie that we, he wanted to watch. It was called Twenty Sixty Seven, and he's like Twenty One Sixty Seven, whatever the hell. Was. Anyway. Yeah, that's that movie we were talking about. Right. So uh, 
I looked it up. It was on Hulu. So it was like twelve ninety nine to rent the movie, or ten bucks a month, or twelve ninety nine to get ad free Hulu for a month with a month free. So yeah. I got two months of Hulu for the same price as just buying right. that movie. So I bought the I got the Hulu. Well, that's how they get you. Cause like, yeah. Then you forget about it. I like, won't forget. God damn it. I won't forget. We just got our electric code, the air conditioning running. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, what you drinking over there, buddy? Hey, it is my favorite time of the year, bro. Well, almost. I think it's a little early yet, right? It, it, it's probably about three weeks early for these beers to come out. Um, but I'm fine with that because the longer they're out, the longer <laughs> I drink be out them all year long. For all I care. Yeah. Uh, this is Warsteiner, uh, Oktoberfest. Wouldn't it be pronounced? Are the W's pronounced with a V? Vor, Vor, Vorsteiner. Warsteiner. Warsteiner. Oktoberfest. They had the. Oh, God, it smells so good. They had the HB. Hofbrau oh, Oktoberfest. Not in the big can, though. If they had the big can, I would have got the big can again. That one was really good. Yeah, I like that one. So. Uh, I've had this before, but I honestly don't remember what it tastes like. I've never had this one. So, uh, let's, well, tip, let's take a sip. Let's tip cheers. this back and cheers. Welcome back, bro. Crab. Uh, see, sweet Jesus. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, there's nothing like a. The thing with this, I like to dump a little bit of this out in the glass. In one of our beer oh, tasting modes. I just want to show you how light this one is. This is like for an Oktoberfest. This is like almost like a liquid pretzel with salt on it. I don't know. Look how light it is. That's like Budweiser light. Yeah. You wouldn't expect to get that rich of a taste from my urine. Not even that light. Uh, Is it better out of the glass? uh, It's just good. (laughs) You're like, terrible. I'm on my sixth one. Shut up. Um. <clears throat> Oktoberfest is absolutely my favorite style of beer. Yes, uh, I'm here. I've brewed more Oktoberfest than than anything else that I've brewed. Uh, actually, it, it's an it's you an. Award, we should go on an October quest. It's an award winning beer that I have. I've brewed. I brewed my Oktoberfest. It's got second place in loggers. Uh, my one beer that I thought was going to be laughed out of the competition ended up getting best in show. And that was a bourbon barrel stout, but a bourbon barrel oatmeal stout. Holstein Germany. So, so would this be yes, official Oktoberfest at Oktoberfest Germany? I think it is. I think it is. But the official official one is the Hofbrau. Really? But if, if you go to uh, if you go to the town where this is made, see, here's what Oktoberfest was. Every town had a brewery. And they'd celebrate their brewery over the Oktoberfest. And basically, it was, they would get drunk, and there's a pole in the middle of town. And the neighboring town would come over and try to tear your pole down. And if they <laughs> tore it down, everybody had a drink. And if they didn't tear it down, everybody had a drink. Why can't we have shit like that here? I know. It's, instead of fist fighting and, and arguing, let's, let's just have an Oktoberfest. Put, put a pole in my front yard games. and bring beer. Yeah, <laughs> you can tear my pole down, bring beer. Anyway, I heard that story someplace. I don't know if that's true. That's what I heard. So, if, if somebody wants to fact check me, you can email us at takeontheworld411 mm-hmm. at gmail.com. 
Also, while we're talking about that, we are on the Den, uh, the Deluxe Edition Network. Yes, yes. And the website is changing. It is deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Spell it all out. It's all good. So uh, what the Deluxe Edition Network is, is it's a network of podcasts. They're not all the same. Every one of them is a little bit different. Everyone's actually pretty different. Um, and we all get together. We help support each other. Uh, we help uh, with graphics. We help with whatever. Whatever we need. Everybody's helpful. Everybody's cool. Uh, and we promote each other's podcasts. Uh, if you listen to us, you may listen to this one and like it as well. Yeah, just a great little outlet yeah. to find more, more things and more, uh, yeah. more, more variety, I should say. Every every month they have a spotlight podcast. Uh, there is uh, an absence of a spotlight podcast for August. Wah, wah, wah. Like, I get it. You you want your show to succeed, and that's cool. But I am not competing with anybody. I am just doing our thing. If we get ten listeners. Yeah. I, I'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, if we get 10 listeners and they like our show, uh, well, maybe one of those listeners might like something else that's on the network. Check it out. Uh, DeluxeEditionNetwork.com uh, Also, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and usually that is linked at the bottom of this uh, description, whether it be on Spotify or YouTube. Uh, all those links are down there. Check us out. Follow us. Uh, I put out little videos here and there on Facebook. Anyway, now all the housekeeping's out of the way. Um, so what's been going on? It's like it's like two months. You got a trip coming up, right? Yeah, I'm uh, going back out to CO. Uh, try and kill that elk. That uh, harvest that elk. Uh, I'm gonna kill that bitch. <laughs> laughing in our face last year, but uh, I really, I really wish I could go along, but I got too much stuff going on with Nathan and and everything else, and it's a, it's a big trip. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot to. Uh, you know, I'm kind of stressing out about it. They got a ride there, but I don't have a ride back home. Yeah, you figure. And uh, you always know if if you're stuck for a ride, you can call me and I'll come and get you when it's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I figured I have this, the next Sunday off, so I'm at least good for a day. I can just chill out in Philly. And maybe I'll, I'll just have some crackhead drive. What time are you coming in? It's, uh... You getting in in the morning? Uh, no, I think it's uh, 5. Oh, you could call. I could come down for you. <clears throat> if you don't find someone, you know I'm there for you. Uh, and you can buy me Royal Farms when we're leaving. <laughs> I'll buy you all the Royal Farms you want. I love this beer. So tasty. And, and, you know, I found, like, some of the breweries around here have Oktoberfest, and they're just, they're not malty enough for me. Yeah. Like, I like that rich malt like it's flavor. Been, like, you shove the fucking pretzel in there. Yeah. Soaking in the pretzel overnight. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's how the last one came out. Like, yeah. the first day we tasted it, I'm like, um... It's not substantial enough for me. It tasted like a little bit, but that was like two weeks out of the brew. Ooh, I wonder if, but we, a month if, out of that brew, that was that was yeah, fucking it definitely bomb. aged better. 
I wonder if we could do like a breakfast Oktoberfest. How do you make it breakfast with maple syrup and bacon? Yes. No. Well, not maybe bacon. Maybe just like it's already sweet enough, but maybe just a hint of like hint of maple, a maple or something, you know? Honey. Honey. The thing is, is those are both fermentable sugars. So it might like really affect the flavor. It, it could it could really change the flavor. And like when you add lactose, lactose isn't a, a fermentable sugar. So it heightens the sweetness without changing the ABV or anything yeah. else. <clears throat> well, I know, um, uh, like Germany, they don't have, I don't think they have maple syrup in Germany. What? Or I'm, I'm sure they can get it now, but. So, someone I used to know, they would eat a stack of pancakes and they would put butter on the pancakes. Sprinkle sugar over top. I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, don't you want maple syrup? I'm like, no, I like it this way better. And they said when they were in Germany, that's how they ate their pancakes. Instead of syrup, they would sprinkle sugar on it. When Lexi was there for the soccer tournament in Austria, uh, they norm they don't make a normal breakfast. Like they catered to the American kids that came over, and they tried to make. Eggs and sausage. Yeah, yeah, you were saying. And she said it was so greasy because they just didn't know how to make it. Yeah. That he would get sick to the stomach from it. I wonder if she remembers pancakes with sugar on them. I bet she does. Mm-hmm. I wish she had come down. She's here. I don't know. You know how these kids are these days. Damn, damn kids. She probably has plans. Anyway, did you see the back of this bottle? Brewing water. Or ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Brewing water. Four ingredients. Barley malt, hops, hop extract. What more do you need? So, um, Colorado, you go to Colorado. <sighs> yeah. Uh, On the elk hunt without me. Without you? You're going to miss me. I will, bro. I'm going to miss you a lot. I hope you and your dad have a good time. Send my love. Um, yeah, your dad was just, and, and Cat was so cool. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, they're cool as shit. So. Plus, uh, I just got a, uh, thing, uh, email from Left Hand. They're having their Oktoberfest celebration. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm gonna have to stop down there. Now it's definitely not gonna be the same. How am I gonna, how am I gonna scoot away? Like, yeah, Mike wants to. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mike. Uh, Mike told me to look Skype Mike at left hand. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I'd be sitting here with a bottle left hand, and <laughs> it's not the same, bro. Man, they're so close too. Yeah. Well, now they're not. The they moved. Yeah, but they're not that far. That. That far. Nah. Bunch of booze hounds like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've we'll, we'll go to fucking Florida for booze. Yeah, I've driven much farther <clears> for <throat> for booze. So. Hey, wait, did you ever find that Misfits booze? No, never found it. You know what I did find though? The Def Leppard. Yeah. So, so gonna we're going to do a tasting of the Def Leppard Pale Ale. Uh, I got a can of it's Elysium Def Leppard uh, Pale. You know what? I'm surprised that um, Poison Motley Crue. Motley Crue didn't. 
yeah. Well, well, they're starting to come out with stuff the way Kiss always Kiss like Kiss is on everything. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a Motley Crue comic book coming out. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Hey, whatever. That could be good. Cash in, man. So uh, I, I got nothing going on because I've been running back and forth to the hospital and whatnot. Uh, well, I wouldn't say nothing. Well, nothing new that I haven't spoken on. Uh, so we could jump into this topic that you came up with and probably did no research on. I, you're absolutely right. So nailed the first one, nailed the second one. <laughs> check, check. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I I watched two YouTube videos. The first one I watched was like, this is boring. I shut it off. And the other one I watched, and it was... Was it just on the ship that you mentioned, or was it no. on the whole thing? It was on the whole thing. Early on. Because I watched hour-long things on, oh, the there's, ship, there's, on the ship you mentioned. There's tons of crap. Yeah. That's why I say you could you could do an a episode on every single one on this thing. Well, what I did was... Well, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, shipwrecks on the Great Lakes. Or, I even, mysteries of the Great Lakes. I didn't do any... Actually, the one is a mystery. I mean, there are, I, I, I would say a lot of them are a mystery. Well, we'll get into it, but because I, I want to do a little background on the Great Lakes because I like laying groundwork and stuff. But, um, <clears throat> uh, so we're talking about shipwrecks and possibly mysteries on the Great Lakes. Um, people don't realize how big these lakes are. Oh, I know. I was looking at them superimposed with the states, and like the one's almost as big as Pennsylvania. Now, Pennsylvania is, is a big state, huge. Yeah. When you get out of the cities, there's like nothing. It's it's wilderness. Yeah, yeah. No, but I know I've gone up to I don't want to say. Potter County per se, but Potter County ish area. Yeah, and went hunting up there, and you drive there. forever till you get to the cabin. Yeah, like Back you go roads. off the main road, you're on a, a, a gravel road, and you just keep going. Yeah. Uh, so, the, if, if you don't know what the Great Lakes are, you're probably you're not. A, you're not American. <laughs> um, but it's a series of interconnected. No, wait. If you don't know what the Great Lakes are, you're probably from West Virginia. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to tell V you said that <laughs> I'm pretty sure Europeans have a little better grasp on American geography than Americans do okay. or you're probably from fucking California yeah I know where I get my, my water from bruh so interconnected lakes uh, between Canada and the United States uh they connect to the Atlantic Ocean via the St. Lawrence Seaway, St. Lawrence River. Uh, the Great Lakes is the largest group the, of... The what? The Great Lakes. What? I've been having some problems with my speech lately. <laughs> Dude, I said the Great Wakes? I said something last week, and I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> when we and Nady were doing it. Uh, the Great Lakes are the largest group of freshwater lakes on Earth by total area and second largest by volume. They contain 21% of the world's fresh water by volume. That's a lot. Yeah. 
ninety surface area is ninety four thousand two hundred fifty square miles. Uh, I don't. I, we don't need the volume in cubic miles because that's some shit. Uh, the next largest is uh, that Lake Bayak Baikal. Baikal. I think it's in, in uh, Eastern Europe. I don't know. Uh, the lakes were formed uh, by glaciers scraping against the ground. They receded. When they were receding, the water melted, <clears> and that's <throat> what fills the Great Lakes. So it was all glacial melt? Yes. You think that's all, there's still some glacial melt in there? It's all just been washed out to sea and recycled, and now it's just... I don't, honestly, I don't know. Just built from well, the human race. I think it's still fed by springs and such. The water's cold, and, and that's why a lot of the shipwrecks in, in the Great Lakes are so well-preserved because of the temperature of the water. Um, I I I uh, took a ferry across the Great Lakes from. Mm-hmm. Um, took a ferry west Westport. What was his name? <laughs> and were you on a boat? <laughs> <laughs> we were in a boat. Oh God! It was uh, Kingston, Ontario, to Snake Island, New York. I believe it was called Snake Island. Or Sand Island, Dog Island, one of those three. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was Snake Island, but oh my god, it took like we you can drive your car on the ferry, right? And that's what we did. And that's called attempted murder. It was three or four hours across the Great Lakes, chugging along, and then we get to this little island in, in New York, and this like hobo like is parking your your cars. Dangling off the back of it and over these <laughs> churny little seats. I thought we were going to capsize for sure. If the, that part where we got to New York was sketchy as hell. But uh, never again. That was just. It, it was way too fucking long. I don't know. I, I think I'd like that. It was. it for For the experience, it was cool, but, you know, I don't think I'd ever do it again. It wasn't that cool. I've never taken my car on a ferry. Yeah. I've taken it on the auto train, not a ferry. So the lakes are a major source of transportation, migration, trade, fishing, uh, and there's a huge biodiversity in the lakes. And if I'm not correct, don't we get like a lot of our drinking water from Great Lakes? Well, I, I would think we did because 21% of the Earth's fresh water. And they supply there. like the rest of the world with drinking water. They, they ship know. it out. Yeah, I, I think I read a um, saw documentary, like conspiracy thing, where they were shut off the Great Lakes and uh, kill everyone through dehydration or something. Anyways, so on a side note, uh, remember I told you about when we went to Nicaragua? Yeah, that lake. Uh, is the largest in Central America and is 16th largest in the world. So that lake would fit inside the Great Lakes. Easily. So 
the, the, the lake I was on was uh, Lake Granada or Na- Lake Nicaragua. And I don't know how to say the other word that they call it. Coca Boca? Coca Boca. Coca Boca. I don't know. It, it would be a Spanish name. Coca Boca. Okay. We'll, we'll go with that. So the Great Lakes have over 6,000 shipwrecks. And the majority of them have never been discovered. Uh, part of it's because the, some parts of the lake are so deep, uh, it, it's impossible to like accidentally come upon them. Um, How deep is that? Or the, the deepest part of? I know one of the shipwrecks that I looked at was sitting at 365 feet deep. That's deep. Yeah, that's deep. I mean, it's not Atlantic Ocean deep, but well, no. For a lake? Yeah, for a lake. Uh, over 30,000 lives have been lost Ooh. in those 6,000 shipwrecks. Uh, there's uh, estimated there's 550 wrecks in Lake Superior alone. And that <clears throat> at least 200 of them lie along Lake Superior's shipwreck coast. It's a 80-mile stretch of shoreline with no safe harbor between Munson, uh, Michigan, and Whitefish Point. And I that, want to go out there. That happens to be where your ship that you want to just focus on is. Okay. okay. Uh, there's. They say they say there's an estimate three million shipwrecks on the floor of the ocean. Now, the oceans are. Vast, huge, much bigger than this. And the fact that there's 6,000 in God, this small 6, area 000. compared to the 3 million on, on the floor of the ocean. Uh, one of the wrecks which we'll talk about uh, is the one that you wanted to talk about. Which yeah. Is the Edmund Fitzgerald. Um, it, it's one of the most famous, well-known ones simply because of uh, the Gordon Lightfoot song, The Record of the Edmonds. Right, yeah. So, I, I put the lyrics down here, and I'll probably tag them in the uh, gimmick. I think if I sing them, we're probably going to copyright strike because my <laughs> yeah. singing is so good. You're so spot on. Yeah, I've just, like, you can barely distinguish me. Making a record deal. Original. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. Uh, many of the ships that are lost, and, and the ones that I've gone through are like early November uh, sinking. And the reason for that is they have these storms that whip up on the Great Lakes and they call them the Witches of November or November Witches. Uh, They're equivalent, some are equivalent to a half category hurricane. So instead of like a a category one, it'd be category one half. So that's... That's just, it's that's tropical storm. 60, 70... Yeah, well, like a, like the tropical storm. Yeah, like you said. yeah, seventy mile an hour sustained wind. Yeah, ain't no joke. No, that ain't no joke at all. And, and the gust will go a lot higher. Yeah. Uh, mm. In '98, the, there's a storm in the Great Lakes that was equivalent to a Category Two hurricane. Oh, wow. And then 2010, the storm was equivalent to a Category Three hurricane, uh, causing 19 foot seas. That the problem is on the ocean, a 19 foot sea. It is pretty big, but the waves are farther apart. On the lake, it's 19 foot here and 19 foot here. So 
So half of your ship is hanging in the air at two places. Yeah. That's what I heard uh, years ago was the ocean or, or <clears throat> storms on a lake can be way worse than the ocean. Not saying the ocean storms are, wor- are nothing to sneeze at, but you have them splashing off the side coming back, and it adds to the one. Yeah. Know, and and it, it's, it's a constant, like, bam, 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 yeah. instead of a whoosh. It's like bam, 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 bam. Um, so that causes a lot of the shipwrecks. Um, <laughs> so I went to each lake, and I found uh, what is considered one of the famous shipwrecks on that lake. Uh, and, and you know, here's another thing: I, I, I didn't do any research on this, but I don't know why it is. I always thought thought that Lake Champlain yeah. was a great lake. No, but it's not. There's only three of them there. There's, three American ones. Well, only one is only all the way inside America, <clears throat> and that's Lake Michigan. You have Lake Superior, Michigan, Huron, Erie, and Ontario. And I always thought Lake Champlain was a great lake, but I guess it's not great enough. The ungreat Great Lake. You're not so great, Huron or Champlain. And we're back. We did take a quick beer break. Ooh, um, yeah. We now so, have uh, Gustav, Fathead. I have two stories for this episode. Okay. Um, you want to hit one now? No, because I don't know anything about them other than like like two words. You know, like a sentence. But we can look them up quick. They're not very long stories. So if you didn't do them, I would like to hit on them because they're very fucking interesting. Okay. I know, and I was trying to find which one it was. One of the shipwrecks, the ship broke in half, and the back half of the ship with the propellers on it kept going for seven miles. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I want, I try to do it because I know you're, I know how you are. You do your research, and I didn't want to, like, touch on the stuff that you were doing so I want a different route and I did mysteries of the Great Lakes okay so I found one kind of interesting topic of, of some pretty cool stuff all right uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get I'll touch on it when we get there okay well specifically I was the uh, the the uh, Bermuda Triangle of the Great Lakes Oh. oh, you know, I did hear something about that. Yeah. Uh, you, you actually mentioned that to me. <clears throat> uh, so there was a couple, you probably want to edit this out because I'm just like late to you, so we'll talk about it later. But um, <clears throat> there was two uh, that I, there was more than two, but the two that I remember was the Le Griffin was the very first ship that set sail on the uh, Great Lakes trying to find a route to the ocean. The Griffin one of the ones I did? Probably. It was on Lake Michigan. Wait, wait, wait. Go back up. I thought I saw it. Griffin. 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 Yeah, it is right there. Where? Griffin. Carrying 30. The SSGT Griffin. Lake Erie? No, this one's... No, the, 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 the Le Griffin was a different one. Yeah, Le Griffin was on Lake Michigan. 
Yeah. So Lake Michigan is the only one. I that saw has it, but I didn't do it. I did Lady Elgin instead of McGriffin because McGriffin was so old. Yeah. It didn't have a lot of information. Right, right, right. Well, went, there was like nothing about it. It right. sunk. And they still to this day, they're trying to find They don't it. even know if it sunk. They, they, they think that maybe the sailors just took the ship and the cargo and left. Oh, okay. That, I, I did see that. So okay. we can talk about that. So then there was, I'm sorry, I remember three. And then there was another one that it capsized and then rewrited itself. And it looked like it got crashed into. And this is all Lake Michigan on the, on the, on the triangle. And um, the whole entire ship, the whole entire crew was gone, missing. Nobody knows that. Never be seen again. That's it. And then the third one. Oh my gosh. Might do the same thing. The third one, which I think was the most interesting one, was <clears throat> this ship left left sail or uh, port and uh, the captain was like, I'm going into my headquarters. Do not bother me. He's like, We're gonna land port here and we're gonna stop. Do not bother me. So whatever happened, they were like something happened and they were knocking on his door and he wouldn't answer. And they broke into his cabin, and he was gone. He disappeared. <laughs> Never to be found again. And we're back. Uh, we just had to get a beer change here real quick. Uh, we back up your ass, motherfucker. We now have Fathead's Brewery. It's exploded all over both of us. Gustafa Oktoberfest Lager. Gustafa? Um, I had gotten this one. I think this is left, left over from last year. I got it up to the one place I go for beer, and they had it on a discount thing. So uh, I'm not particularly fond of this one. It, it, to me, it's too bitter to be an Oktoberfest, but let me know what you think. You try it? Oh, I have, I've, these are the last two cans of a six pack. I get more Pilsner than. Uh, I got a little Oktoberfest-ish thing there going on. Yeah, there you go. Enjoy. <laughs> they tell you don't like it. I was I'm just gonna say I was so disappointed because uh, it's my favorite style and it didn't hit the spot for me. Anyway, uh, so you were talking about um, yeah, a little hobby. I agree. Yeah. Mysteries on the Great Lakes. Um, uh, so, so we'll look up for our next break. We'll we'll look up a few of them and we can talk about them a little bit. Yeah. But uh, the the one you mentioned to me, I I did know about, and I almost added that. Uh, I, I guess we could let the cat out of the bag. We're talking about the uh, no the, information. The Michigan Triangle just happened, and uh, that's it. Which is the Bermuda Triangle of the Great Lakes. Yes. So, uh, plus one of the ones I did do here, there is a little uh, air of mystery to it. So, we're going to start on Lake Superior, and not with the most famous Lake Superior wreck because that'll be the last one we do. I'm going to do uh, this Bannockburn, the SS Bannockburn, Canadian vessel, steel hull freighter. It disappeared on November 21st, the yeah, November disappearance. 1902. 
the ship was 245 feet long and 40 foot wide. Uh, there was uh, 21 souls lost in the ship. Uh, it's one of the <laughs> it's one of the biggest mysteries on Lake Superior. No trace of the vessel has ever been discovered. Uh, well, this is a little mysterious too. Since her disappearance, many sailors claim to have seen her running lights uh, during stormy weather. Oh, creepy. So, hey, it's a storm. You're going to see, you don't know what ship it is, whatever. That's a little ambiguous. Uh, the ship was lost in the middle of the lake. Uh, it was on the way from Port Arthur uh, to the Soe. I think you might have misspelled that one. I probably did too. It was on. A, <laughs> it left Port Arthur going someplace with with a load of wheat, <laughs> but disappeared without a trace sometime after 11 p.m. on the 21st of November. Uh, the ship was only nine years old. It was launched in 1893. I wonder how good do you think their record keeping and uh, as far as like you're gonna plot a chart. This is where this ship's going. We're gonna go here. We're gonna stop here. Do you think their record keeping was that good back then? Um, the record keeping after the voyage, yes. Before, no, because you, you would change your course along midway. You had no radio, you couldn't radio. <clears throat> but uh, if most most captains, when they plot a course, if they change it, they change the course in their log. Right, I get that. I'm giving that. So well, his, I guess that would matter if it's down at the bottom of the fucking lake. Very true. Well, I'm just if saying. If we only had the logs. You're talking about back then, did they do this? And, and that's how they did it. So you're right. With the ship going to the bottom of the lake, that log was useless. Yeah, so that, you could be board. looking at a complete wrong place for it. Right. It's not like they, they transported their coordinates to a tower. The tower keeps track of them. So if they sunk, they would have all their. Well, this is where they were. Snake Island. Snake. Is that what you say you you went on your ferry? I think so. No, I'm pretty sure it's called Snake Island. Okay, so this the ship was very recognizable even before you could see her name because uh, the the ship was a very common sight on Great Lake. Uh, the Bannockburn uh, had two major incidents before she sank. Shanked. Shanked. I was burping. <laughs> in, in April 1897, the ship ran aground on the rock near Snake Island Lighthouse. Did you go see a lighthouse when you went on that ferry? I did not go see a lighthouse. I just wanted to get off that hillbilly island where we died. Okay. But there, I'm sure there was an uh, I, I never saw one. I, I wasn't looking for one. Uh, no lives were lost when they ran aground, but it, the ship was badly damaged. Uh, several months later, in October, uh, her wings made a Kingston carrying grain. This happened because that's where we left. We left Kingston to Snake Island. Okay. So, um, uh, she struck a wall on Welland Canal and took on nine feet of water. Did you go through the canals on that ferry boat? Uh, no. This this ship huge. It was like a like a cruise ship. 
Oh, wow. And they were like, they must have had 50, 60 cars driven on like a triple decker deal. deal. Uh, I just remember sitting on the deck, like, you know, it was nice being outside with the breeze in your face. Like, okay, bye. Fly Ontario. Nothing for three hours. There's nowhere to go. There's like the seats were terrible. It was like being on a bus, but it was like bus seats. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like meant. It's weird. But that's how the auto train was very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. unless you got a sleeper car. Yeah. So on November twentieth, nineteen o two, one day before her final voyage, the ship ran aground shortly after leaving uh, Fort William and turned back to port. Uh, it, no apparent damage, <clears throat> and they left again for the journey on the 21st. Uh, the last time it was seen was by Captain James McMaw, uh, 80 miles off a Wiena Point, 40 miles off of Isle Royal, Royale. Uh, later that night, strong winter storm began on Lake Superior. Uh, Bannockburn. Bannockburn. Hey, you're struggling. Oh my god, I am. You need to take over. Yeah, go ahead. <coughs> was spotted. Uh, uh, Bannockburn was spotted at about 11 p.m. by the passenger steamer. On November 30th, 1902, the ship was off. Never to be seen again. Where was it? See, this is what I was saying. This is what was curious. Um, now, so it was a highly identifiable ship by its profile. It was an odd-shaped ship. <clears throat> um, so there was sightings of the ship after it sank. Like years after. Okay. Uh, and and they, they like they're saying, I knew it was this ship because of the profile. Right. Uh, well, some sightings are just like, you can tell their story. They're just made up. Like, whatever. Easy to, to dismiss. Uh, here's one from uh, World War II. Okay, one such story was that of the uh, ore freighter Walter A. Hutchinson shortly after World War II. When the crew saw the Bonnockburn just a hundred yards away coming straight at them, the captain tried to put some distance between the Walter A. Hutchinson and steered to the northeast. The Bonnockburn went past Walter H. Hutchinson safely, only to run aground and disappear. Hold on. That's weird. Yeah. Underground and disappear. If the, if the captain of the Walter A. Hutchinson hadn't changed course, the ship could have easily destroyed, could have easily been destroyed by the rocks. So, this ship comes out of nowhere, and uh, so they make way for this ship, and this, this ghost ship. The ghost ship hits some rocks and disappears. But if the Walter A. Hutchinson hadn't changed course, 
they would hit the rocks and stuff. Right. That's weird. That's really weird. So, so it's an early warning? Like- yeah, there were other sightings of uh, the Bannockburn, but I just put this one on because this, I thought this was interesting. And this is like 43 years after the ship sunk. Holy shit. So, uh, on to Lake Michigan again. It is thought to, that there are at least 1,500 shipwrecks on the bottom of Lake Michigan. Now, which one of the three is the biggest? This one, three. Which one is the biggest? I don't know if we covered that or if we covered that or not. I, I don't think we did. I don't think it's Lake Michigan. But anyways, uh, we'll, we, we'll update you yeah. that in a minute. Um, go for a beer break. The Lady Elgin. Now, there is another ship that was lost in the Great Lake that was Lord Elgin. Or no, it wasn't lost in the Great Lake. Elgin or Elgin? Elgin. Um, there's a Lord Elgin. And, like, I, I'm looking up stuff for Lady Elgin, and I'm, I'm like, Lord Elgin? What the hell? That's not it. But I think it sank someplace else. Anyway, Lady Elgin was a side-wheel paddle steamer. Uh, and what, yeah, you know the kind you you saw on the up and down like the, uh, the Louisiana River with the yeah. wheels on the side, the paddle wheels on the side. Um, it was a luxury cruise ship, um, double deck wood hull uh, boat sank off the shore of Port Flint, Illinois, which is now Port Sheridan. Uh, Saturdays. September 8th, 1860, uh, Lady Elgin got caught in gale force winds and was rammed by uh, a poorly lit schooner, Augusta of Oswego. Yeah, so I think Oswego is the, I forget what the three ports are for the Okay. Um. I, I picked this one because this is the largest loss of life uh, on the Great Lakes. And for a long time, it was the largest loss of life from, for any ship. I believe. Yeah, 1860. So is, 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 uh, it's the largest loss, loss of life on the Great Lakes, for sure. Um, the ship kept no passenger manifest, but they lost at least 300 and as many as 339. Uh, 98 of the crew and passengers survived. Uh, the wreck was discovered off the waters of Highwood, Illinois in 1989 and lies between 50 or 60 feet of water. That's so shallow, isn't it? I don't know, you tell me, you're a diver. Uh, 50 or 60 feet is not that deep. I've been that deep. Easy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I go, I've been... 75 feet. So that's relatively just like that. That's all it takes. Yep. You hit by a schooner and one schooner. I don't know if this is the one where the, the, the back part of the boat went six miles. I don't I don't remember which one it was. But me and Nathan were listening to uh, Disasters on the Great Lakes and we heard that one. 
in in the Lady Elger's short life, it had been it was sunk, it was raised, refitted, it was. Oh, cut you off. Flashing is what it's going for. Yes, it was stranded on a reef, uh, <clears throat> and it was damaged by fire. Jesus Christ! Uh, this 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 is interesting. How do you catch fire in a storm? But no, no, no. This this is all before this this happened. Like in in the boat's history. Oh, oh. So that was a, like a pleasure cruise liner type thing. Well, what they were doing is is the night that it sunk, there was a political rally that was mostly Irish politicians. Uh, on oh, on the cruise. How that explains everything. So there were so many Irish leaders, uh, political leaders, killed. The Germans became the leading ethnic group in, poli- in city politics because of it. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. One of the survivors on board that, that was on board, he was a drummer with the band, and he stayed afloat by floating on his drum. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know what this drug if, Irish did. If you want to scuba dive this wreck, you have to have special permission to dive it. Shit. And you'll find that with some of the more popular wrecks, or the more high-profile wrecks, the families believe that that's their final resting place and, and don't, disturb it. don't disturb it. And I get that. I, I, I get that, but at the same time, like I like scuba diving, so. They <laughs> come up with a humor bone. Yeah, look what I got! Well, <laughs> what had happened is one of the wrecks, they went down and um, I'm not sure which one it was, but they went down and they found, uh, this is years later, they found a perfectly intact body. Because the water's so cold that it preserved it. And, oh, what, um, what do you mean? Like skin on it and everything? I, but it was wearing uh, what they call the cork a picture jacket. of his girlfriend and his hand on his dick. <laughs> Big smile on his face. Ah, I'm going to hell. That's when the family said, look, you, these are, this is their final record, but you can't keep diving this site. So they went down mm-hmm. for one more dive that was sanctioned. And they raised the bell from from the uh, the ship, and they took a replica bell down, same size and everything, with the names of all the victims on the okay. bell, and they all placed right. it they placed it back into the same spot. You know, I don't know how I would feel if I died at sea. Die my. I don't think I would want you to disturb my bones. But well, uh, you shouldn't touch nothing. But like, if you can't. Dive the ocean because someone died in the ocean. The whole ocean would be off. Well, I think a lot of the problem too is is you got a lot of people want ruining. Like, I want to take something from this, and then everybody takes something from it, and then it doesn't exist anymore. That would suck. Uh, you know, it's like going to visit the uh, national parks, and now it's so restricted you can't. Because people are idiots. They, they oh, yeah. carve their names in this oh, shit. That's just dumb. Like, I don't get that. You know. I don't know. So don't. many people now, if you did it, they wouldn't exist. Nothing for anybody else. That's like, where, where was that one place where the rocks were balancing and they, they fucked around and knocked the rocks over? They've been standing there for hundreds of years and <laughs> some idiot kids came and pushed them over. Bullshit. So we'll go to Lake Haran. Uh, the Goliath uh, was carrying flammable cargo of shingles, lumber, and hay. 
and 180 kegs of blasting powder. Now, I saw two different reports, 180 kegs, 250. Um, what difference does it make? That's a lot of powder. <laughs> uh, they were going from Detroit to Lake Superior in September 1848. Uh, a fire started near Saginaw Bay in Michigan uh, with likely sparked from uh, the smokestack. Hey, I'm surprised you didn't put the, uh, the lyrics to... Uh, yes. What's his face? Uh, oh, God. Billy Joel? No. Um, about Saginaw Bay. As soon as I said Saginaw Bay, it went through my mind. <sighs> Who's his name? Uh, oh, my God. I got the song thing ahead. Sing it for us, John. We won't get a copyright strike, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, working on a nice move. Oh. Bob Seeger. Bob Seeger, yeah. Saginaw. It's not called Saginaw Bay, but he mentioned Saginaw. Yeah. And actually, I told you years ago, I'm like, you can guess the song I'm singing in my head. I'll give you 50 bucks. <laughs> and I mentioned Saginaw Bay. <laughs> And you were like, oh, I don't know. Um, the inferno quickly spread through the combustible cargo. The crew tried to extinguish it. Uh, about five miles from shore, they reached fire, reached the hole containing the powder keg, and kaboom! Blue kablooey. They said that the explosion was felt for miles. <sighs> only one of the sh- the only the person survived was a ship cook. <laughs> really? He's used to the heat. <laughs> if he can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he got the fuck out the kitchen. He got the fuck out that kitchen. He dove off the ship. Fuck this crap. Uh, here, it, figuring the ship was doomed, he had lowered a small boat and fled. <laughs> See, so you. he took off. He ran he like a chicken ass motherfucker. Ship, man. He abandoned ship like nobody's business. I want his name. He should go down to disgrace. Uh, so, onto Lake Erie. Lake Erie is the smallest by volume and the shallowest of the Great Lakes. And this is the one that skirts Pennsylvania. Yes, this is the one that Pennsylvania touches. In Hold on. In Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, the lake holds about 2,000 shipwrecks. Only 379 have been found. Or uh, only 2,000? That's it? Of the 6,000 total. I'm kidding. You see the look on my face? Uh, no, I couldn't. You were... That's a shit ton. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, as dawn broke over Lake Erie, June 17th, 1850. Now, this is the first one that wasn't in uh, November, September. Uh, the SS GP Griffith, carrying 326 people, caught fire. Oh, caught fire. The last two were fires. They weren't really caused by storm. Uh, the crew sounded the alarm and turned the boat towards shore, which is roughly three miles away. Passengers came on deck aware of the danger, but land and safety were in sight. So they, I guess they didn't jump overboard? Half a mile from shore, the ship grounded on the sandbar. The fire quickly spread. The crew told the passengers to save themselves. Panic travelers jumped overboard in a vain attempt to reach the beach. The captain threw his family into the water, jumped in, 
that disappeared under the waves with them. Only about 30 people were able to swim to shore. The remains of the ship, still burning, were eventually towed back to the Jesus Christ. So, like, what? Nobody survived? Uh, well, there was 326, so 294 people died. This one's actually pretty cool. This is Lake Ontario. Uh, this ship is the sweepstakes. Um, and there are, I have a beautiful picture of this ship. In fact, I'm going to pull it up for you so you can see it now because I love this picture. I would love to go here and dive that. Oh, that's cool. That is, I'm going to throw it up on the screen so everybody Look can how see. how clear the water is. If there. you're listening on Spotify, you can go to YouTube and check, check out the, the podcast. Just fast forward to wherever we like, are. Uh, it looks like a fucking sink that close to land. It didn't. Uh, there's a story to it. Okay. And the water is crystal clear. Here's a, a shipwreck map, but it, that's not a very good map. It only, it, that only shows like 20. <clears throat> so it looks like this is the largest Great Lake here. Anywho. Or actually Colburn. So the shipwreck sweepstakes. August 23rd, 1885, the sweepstakes hit a rock near Cove Island. Uh, she sank in shallow water. <laughs> Go ahead, take over. <laughs> she sank in shallow water uh, close to the light station. She remained there to September 3rd. The sweepstakes was towed to Big Tub Harbor where they found the ship beyond repair. Damn. I, I don't know. Fucked herself up. They hit a rock, and I don't know if it buckled the hull or what, but they said, look, this, this ship's fucked. Yeah. They stripped her of all rigging and equipment and sank, sank her present, in her present location. That's how she got that close to shore and that shallow. That, that one you can scuba okay. dive. It's only at 20 feet of water. Damn. Yeah. Looks beautiful. It does. I mean, it looks in the in like the Bahamas somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but that water's cold. That water's cold. Her cargo was coal, and that was salvaged on a later date. Yeah, they they came back and <laughs> emptied the hull. The coal's not gonna. It doesn't matter if it gets wet. So they just oh, came really? back. Oh really? Yeah. Pick it up, let it dry out. Yep. Oh, but they, when they when they bring coal out of the ground, they wash it. Okay. And she sits just uh, 20 feet on shore. Yep. And we are to Ooh. the sinking the of the Probably Edmund. most popular one? It's the most well-known because of the song, I think. Uh, also, this ship was a very well-known ship. There was a lot of fanfare when this ship was uh, launched. and But uh, if I remember correctly, the launch did not go off without a hitch. Uh, I guess they tried to crack the champagne bottle, and they had to hit it three times, and that's supposedly bad luck. Hmm. And I guess that held true. Uh, this is the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald in Lake Superior. Uh, now, when <laughs> I found this pretty interesting too, when the ship was built, it was the largest ship on the Great Lakes, at 729 feet long. Uh, that was only one foot shorter. 
than the smallest lock on, on the, the lake at the time. Jeez. So that they only had one foot of clearance in, in the, like, I don't, like, no, that, you know what? I say I never knew they had locks on the Great Lakes. You didn't? No. I was, are they still active today? Yeah. I would love to see that. They've got to be massive. Uh, well, actually, when I went up to my sister's, the St. Lawrence River is right there, and there's locks near where you can, like, you can see the locks operating from. Yeah. I, I, I've seen the locks in Canada before. On, hey. Uh, the Bordeaux Lake. And going down the system to Smith's Falls. And the ones at Smith's Falls are really impressive, but they're not 729 feet long. Impressive. Yeah. They're massive. I would love to see that. Anyways, go ahead. So this was a very noted ship. Everybody would take note when this ship would pass. Other ships would, would stop and look at it. Uh, when it would pass by points, there there would be people on on the shore looking at the ship, and the the captain at one point was uh, Peter Holzer. He would play music over the loudspeaker as they passed other ships. And I think I heard on one of the things that oh yeah he would actually he would actually sing on the loudspeaker if you saw people on shore. I'm, I'm Are we going to get a hit now? What's that? Are we going to get a hit? Yeah, we probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright strike. Um, I mean, what would you play when you're cruising down in your big-ass ship? Kickstart my heart. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot fucking fireworks off the side of it. That would be so awesome. Out of my way, Crotchstein! <laughs> so, this uh, Captain Pulser was a very popular captain. He was like like everybody's buddy on a ship and like very friendly to everybody. Uh, but the, the ship had had several collisions with other ships and, and the lock. Now, I understand it hitting the lock because it's so freaking big. Yeah, there's like no room it for... It barely fit in. So, uh, she didn't say it to you. <laughs> uh, captain McSorley took over the ship, and he was a, a much different sort of captain. He was very well respected. Uh, no one disliked him, but he was very businesslike and uh, tight. Yeah, he ran a tight ship. He, he, you were expected to do your job, and that was it. Uh, so, on November 9th, 1975, Little Mike D was five years old. Huh. The Fitzgerald left uh, Superior, Wisconsin for a steel mill in Detroit. Uh, now, I heard that the weather when they were leaving dock was calm and clear. Yeah. Okay. So the Arthur M. Anderson was captained by Bernie Cooper. They left a little bit before the Fitzgerald. Um, but it's a slower, smaller ship. But the Fitzgerald and, and the captain of, of uh, the Anderson maintained some radio contact throughout this journey. And uh, that comes in key when she disappears. Uh, at one point, on the 9th, uh, the gale warnings were issued for the southern... Here. Oh. For southern Lake Superior. 
and uh, both the captains decided it would be a a good opportunity to change course, go toward the northern part of the lake where they could get some shelter from the the northern shores, and um, head to uh, Whitefish Bay. Yeah, Whitefish Bay, uh, and they would be safe in the bay at Whitefish Bay. So um, it was early on the tenth that the the warnings were upgraded to uh, or a gale warning was upgraded to a storm warning. Uh, at its peak, the winds reached seventy to seventy five knots, and the waves were swelling to twenty five feet. That's huge. And again, like we said, there that the waves are so close together, it just kept battering, battering. Very double every time it hit. Yeah, and McSorley had noted that that was the worst seas he had ever seen. Uh, both captains decided they were going to Whitefish Bay. I already said that. Uh, 3:15 p.m. Anderson noted that the Fitzgerald was passing dangerously close to the shore off a of Caribou Island. Uh. Just after that, like 15 minutes later, the Fitzgerald reported to the Arthur Menacer that he was taking on water. And he had some minor damage. The ship was listing. He didn't say he was taking on water. He said the ship was listing, which to the captain meant he was taking on some water. Right. <clears throat> um, and now remember that part. That, uh, what, what, where are you looking at? Uh, the show off Caribou Island. Uh, when they did the investigation later on, they found that the beacon on Caribou Island was not working, and neither was the lighthouse light. Oh, that's a big deal. So uh, that could be how it be he got so close to shore, and, and one of the theories is he hit rocks there, but there's a couple theories of what happened. Um Oh, uh, Fitzgerald, the Fitzgerald asked Anderson to stay close, uh, and that the Fitzgerald would reduce their speed and allow the Anderson to catch up to him. So if something happened, he would be there to help them out. Uh, at 410, they told the Anderson that both the radars were not functioning. So they, now they had no radar, and, uh, the Anderson was, Keeping track of them on their radar so he could tell them where they were. Uh, within a half hour, the Fitzgerald then reported they were listing badly, not just slightly. Uh, 7.10, the Fitzgerald spoke again with the Anderson. Uh, at this time, he was asked, you know, how are you holding up? How's it going? And he said, we're holding our own. Those were the last words that were heard from Fitzgerald. Hmm. Uh, Ten minutes later, the freighter disappeared from the Anderson's radar. So they, they're looking around. They see other, other, other stuff on the radar, but they don't see uh, the Fitzgerald anymore. They were less than 20 miles from the shelter at Whitefish Bay. And I wonder if he hadn't slowed down to wait for the other ship, if he would have made it. I think he would have. I, I don't know. I, I I could second guess all I want, but uh, uh, that just says Whitefish Bay. Whitefish Bay is Ontario, Canada, and Michigan. It's shared, the shared bay by both uh, countries. 
uh, after trying to contact the, oh, uh, yeah, after trying to contact them, the Fitzgerald for more than an hour, Anderson got a hold of his Coast Guard and said, hey, this is what happened. This is the last time we heard of him. Uh, and they were requested to go out and look for him. Hey, the Coast Guard said, hey, it's going to take us a while to get there. Can you go out and look for him? So a couple ships did, and even though uh, the Anderson had made it to Whitefish Bay unharmed, they did turn around, go back into the storm to look look for the Arthur. Uh, I mean, the uh, Gerald. Uh, the ship, the William Clay Ford, also joined the search, including some other vessels, as well as helicopters and airplanes. Uh, some lifeboats, like gnarled up, broken up lifeboats. Some life jackets and other debris were discovered, and that was it. There was uh, an oil-covered uh, one of those life life preserver rings. Yeah, that's it. That's all I really found. I think that you know how you hear of rogue waves. Yes. That hundred and hundred twenty foot high. Yes. I would not discount that. Well, that is one of the theories. In but a lake, because like I said. It, Everything's crashing off the walls. Where's that engine go? It comes back. Yep. Doubles onto a wave. It's a smaller area. Could easily happen. I'm no scientist, but, uh, you know, for that big ass ship that got in there, like, start listing. Yeah. It was probably up in the air, like, cracked over two waves. Well, here's another thing. These ships, uh, so older ships were more rigid. And it would cause them to snap. So they made these ships so that they would actually twist a little bit with the storm, which okay. was a good thing. Right. It would help the ship. So uh, there's a good chance that this ship would have been lost way before it was if it, if it was still made like the older ships because it was so long. Um, so they searched over a week uh, and sonar detected two large objects. Uh, and I think it was the, the following year where they sent a submersible down and videotaped and uh, photographed the uh, bow. And the, the bow was here. It was snapped in half, and the stern was back here. Mm. So that would lend to either a rogue wave or being, just being snapped by the waves. Um, the weight of the list could have caused it. But there's a couple theories. Um, Let me see. Some believe the freighter struck bottom at Caribou Island and damaged the hull. Others, however, claim that the freighter was unseaworthy due to structural problems. Uh, there was something with the latches on the bulkheads uh, that were holding down the cargo cargo loads uh, that they were something wrong with them. But uh, when that was brought up, someone came to the defense of the guy who loads the cargo on the ship said that he was meticulous about his job. And if he saw something wrong with those latches, he wouldn't have left the ship, please. So, like, nobody knows. Uh, they could have been damaged during the storm. Uh, what they think happened, one of, the, one of the theories is the, the waves came over, crashed on, and because those cargo holds weren't completely secured, water started seeping in, and more and more water until it got so heavy it snapped the boat. Um, I can see that. Some blame a rogue wave. 
Although subsequent underwater expeditions examined the wreckage, no definitive answer has been found why the vessel sank. Uh, here it is. In 1994, an expedition discovered a body of a crewman, which was located near the bow, appeared to be wearing a life jacket, and actually what, what they said it was a cork jacket. That's what it was called. Uh, this, oh, this is the one where they, they removed the belt. So, I, they say they found this crewman. Now, I don't know if they found the skeletal remains of a crewman, or if they found a perfectly preserved specimen of a crewman, or, or what. I don't, it doesn't really say. But, so they took the bronze bell off and put one on the ship. I'm gonna say, they find this guy at the bottom of the ocean with a life jacket on. Yeah, it's got a pretty good life jacket. Well, they, it was, what they called it a cork jacket, and, Cork is a wood, and, and while it, it resists water, eventually it'll take water on and get waterlogged. So if he was pinned in a compartment underwater, oh, it probably slowly took water on over time. Uh, so at the urging of the, the, the crewman's families, the Canadian government uh, limited access to the wreck. So you're not allowed to dive there anymore. When they oh, removed this, is, this bronze so this bell, they, they put the, yeah. When they removed, removed the bronze <clears throat> bell, they put another bell down in its place uh, with all the uh, victims. And how many people died on this ship? How do I not have that on here? You failed, Michael! Again! I failed again! No, I clicked the bottom thing before and it just gave me Edmund Fitzgerald. It didn't give me the life loss. 29. We're back. 29 souls were lost. That's a big ship for only, only having 29 crew members. So, uh, you, you want... You know what, they, they, they were... Not that it matters, but they were probably, like, hardcore sailors. Well, the, the uh, loadmaster, like, apparently he, he had more time on the sea than the, the captain did. It's <clears throat> crazy. I mean, you never... This shit is fast. Just the mystique of nature what happens on the sea it's not really the sea but it's so big it could be yeah <clears throat> they don't fuck around with the water I've, I've been on a storm on a lake what they tell you to do is get your get your vessel close to the shore just go slow as you're chopping up and down that way if you sink close to the shore but, but that's why they took the ships to the northern shore because if the storm's coming down from the north, it gives them a little protection from the yeah. storm. Even if it's coming from the south, it's that storm pushed up. So you wanted to talk a little bit about the Michigan Triangle. The Michigan Triangle. There's three specific. Uh, there was the Ne Griffin, which. Ne Griffin? It's a little blip. Uh. Now, you said something about it being the first ship that... That was the first ship that sailed on the Great Lakes. And I guess they were trying to find a route from the Great Lakes to the ocean. Right. For trading, whatever all ship back then. They went down mysteriously. Yeah. Okay, so now I heard an alternate story to that. Yes, this is interesting. I so, did not hear that. The Le Griffin made port 
and dropped off some of the crew. And they whipped, swapped out some of the uh, goods that they had. And then they were going someplace else. And the ship was never seen again. So some of the crew was at port. And some of it was on the ship. Uh, there could very, very well could have been, I think the time of year was November that the ship was lost. So it could have been one of the winter witches. But there was speculation that the crew just took the crew that was remaining on the ship, just took the ship and the cargo and took off. It's like a pirate crew. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't doubt that. That, that should happen. Who would have known? Would Nobody knew that lake at all. Or the, the lakes and the routes. So, who knows? There's like very, nothing written about it. Right. Just, they set sail and disappeared. Yeah. They were to be seen. And then, um, <clears throat> there was another one. God damn it, I wish you could listen. It was like in the early 1900s. And, Just, just put on there, um, Lake Michigan captain disappeared. Nineteen thirty-seven. I, I guess could have been. You said nineteen hundred. That's only thirty-seven years old. Pretty early, yeah, uh, yeah. My time was pretty old. On Lake Erie, the starting point. No, I believe this was all Lake Michigan. Yeah, okay. even, even even stranger. O.S. McFarland was making its way across Lake Michigan <clears throat> to its final de- destination, Port Washington, Wisconsin. He was coming from north to south. He was going to bank in uh, wherever the bottom part of the, the, the triangle is. George he, Donner, was that the captain? Uh, yeah, No, you're right. Yeah. Yes, Donner. Okay. So it says uh, they were transporting 98,000, 9,800 tons of coal from its starting point in Erie. They departed a few days prior, but then they they were on Lake Michigan. They left. Uh, they're going across Lake Michigan to Port Washington. Yeah, I thought they were on the other route coming down. Whatever. Well, if you're coming from Erie to Michigan, you are coming down. Let me show you that picture again. Really? Hang on. So you'd be going up. So, uh, Lake Erie is over here. I don't know which one of these, but so you have to come down. Which one's Lake Michigan? This one. Okay, so when you got the uh... Michigan's the limp dick. <clears throat> so yeah, that's where they went. They were coming from. They were coming from here, and I think he wanted to dock here before they made the final destination. And something happened. He was knocking on his door. He never answered, never answered. He broke into his door and was lost. Just disappeared. Never to be seen again. And they're saying he was uh, a capable skipper and, and 
and he'd been working as a skipper or a mate on ships since uh, 1879. What, 57 years old? Who knows? Maybe he just got suicidal, jumped out the freaking portal. Yeah, here it is. Uh, informing his first and second mate, he would be retiring to his cabin for a well-deserved rest. He instructed them to wake him up when they had passed Sheboygan and started to approach Port Washington. Being familiar with the lake and speed in which they were traveling, he estimated it would take about roughly three hours. Confident his men could handle tasks. Uh, once inside, he shut the sturdy door. His men took his hand. Three hours later, on Captain Donner's oh, birthday, birthday. Uh, began to approach Fort, Fort Washington, following the captain's orders. Came and went to his door. Uh, they knocked on the door. There was no answer. Made the decision to enter the room. Attempted to turn the handle on one move. Locked inside. But they're just drawing this shit out. They unlocked the door. Making his presence known. Hey, Captain, I'm here. It was an empty room, that's it. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. That's weird. The wind. Gone. That's weird. And they never found out what happened? Oh, you read about it. Huh. Damn. That's crazy. Crazy. What was the other one that there was three? Uh, I don't remember what the third one was, but I can think of another one. This might have been it. Uh, there was a thing I watched on uh, people going to Lake Michigan, and they just swim because it's a good, nice day in the water, and they get caught riptides. And one guy says, I didn't think there were riptides in Lake Michigan. Or the whatever lake I didn't believe it was Lake Michigan, Erie, whatever the Great Lakes, they all have riptides. And um, he goes, I was swimming out there, and I got I got pulled out. And he goes, I I, I went on my back and I tried to float, like like five six foot waves, crashing because I was going to die. Oh crap! Goes, this is it. And he went down for one last breath, and a kayaker came across and lifted him up. Yeah. Saved his life. And, uh, like two or three hours later, a 16 year old boy went out and drowned in the same rip current. Same. Wow. And so he started, uh, a thing to make people aware of rip current, like hanging signs on Lake Michigan, on beaches, that this is a rip current, how do you use it, wear your life vest. Try to make people aware. He got married on the same beach. 16-year-old boy's mother contacted me and said, thank you. It's aware. Nobody knows it's a thing. Just shows you how powerful the, the 
the waters are. Well, I got a, a first-hand look at the Great Lakes because when I was in the Navy, we had boats that took out for training and shit. And uh, I remember the one time, it was wintertime, I walked down to the shore behind one of the schools and we walked down to the lake. And Actually, it was springtime. The ice was starting to break up. And you could see these humongous chunks of ice like pushed up on the rocks at the side of the lake. And when I say hunks of ice, I mean like four, five, six foot thick. And like, I just remember I was in awe of how big those ice chunks were. Like, I thought I only see something like that in, in the Arctic. Right. Not, not, not here. Not in Chicago. Not in Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, but I mean, there's uh, a—it's <clears throat> nothing in these books. You've seen six thousand wrecks. Yeah. Uh, Thirty thousand lives. But that's just what they can. I'm sure there's probably more than that. Thirty thousand lives, and that's—I don't even know if they account for the people that get sucked in. They say every year people get drowned in those lakes. Not, not even on a ship. They're just going out on the beach, going in the water. <clears throat> Look at those waves. That's on a lake. Yeah. So this is not your mom and dad's lake. <laughs> no. Anyway. So, um, we took on Great Lake shipwrecks and some mysterious shit that happened up there. There's, there's so much more. And before I finish this, this good fact. I know, right? It is. <clears throat> I, I actually, I miss this a lot. I do too. This is a long episode, <laughs> but it was good. It was, uh, yeah. Well, actually, me and Nathan's last one was pretty long too. Yeah. <clears throat> Almost an hour and a half. But there's only, there's only, it had to be this long for this subject. Can't do this thing justice. And, and I'll tell you what, we barely scratched the surface oh of the Edmund Fitzgerald. That was, that, 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 we did a blip. Of yeah. What it could be. There was so much more communication back and forth between yeah. those two ships. There was so many other things that were going on. Uh, but I feel like we just wanted to get you into, like, the fringe subject of, like, yo, this is crazy as shit. Like, if you haven't known about it, look into it. Yeah. There's it's a, a lot of strange a lot shit. of wrecks in those five lakes. Wrecks, uh, strange happenings. There's even, like, UFO stuff that we didn't even touch on. Yeah. Yeah. Strange lights in the sky, strange lights in the water. Uh, yeah, it, it <laughs> it's pretty cool. So I, I hinted with Nathan. I have a serial killer I'd like to do. I'll let you know on that. You haven't told me. Nope. So look forward to, to, a, to a true crime episode coming up. Uh, look forward to our uh, uh, review of the movie Prey. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to see that one. Yeah. So now we took on the Great Lakes. Now you go take on the this show is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find the other great shows on the network, 
head over to the Deluxe Edition Network.com. Hold on to that. Welcome back to the Shit Show 2.0. Okay, Boomer. Damn, Millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flippers who, who are obviously mentally ill. You want to be my wife? Oh, this is going to go downhill real quick. 